Thanks for checking out the Elevate Student Ministry Podcast. To find out more about us, visit our website at iloveelevate.com. You can also stay up to date with what's going on by finding us on social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your friends. We hope you enjoy this message and it brings you closer to Jesus. Graduates that have had seeds planted in them week after week at Elevate, conversations with leaders, worship, rich times in the Holy Spirit, and they're going to go out into colleges, into families, into communities, all over the place. How special that we get to, we get to stand behind them and pray for them and send them out. That is incredible. I'm excited to be a part of it. I hope you're excited to be a part of it. Thank you, parents, for coming out. Thank you for coming and supporting Elevate and your, and your students. I guess, uh, man, I'm excited. All right, so what's happening tonight is I, we couldn't have every graduate come up and speak, but there's a handful of graduates that are going to come, and they're answering the question. They're giving wisdom and answering the question, what do they wish they had known whenever they were 7th, 8th, ninth grade. And so they're going to come and share some godly wisdom with us, some scripture and stuff. And so with no more ado, I want to call him up. Y'all give a big hand to my man Trent. Come on up. So this is what Dom feels like. I like it. All right, anyways. Okay, so first thing I wanted to say is I don't have like many scriptures in here because I kind of did it really early. And then he told me, he's like, make sure to incorporate scripture. But I was like, oh man, it's already done. But it definitely takes scripture and time with God to get like this. And I definitely wish that I knew this as a kid. So take all of this that I say into consideration. Just learn it now. You will be way better off if you know this now. It's so good. Okay. All right. Anyways. All right. So just some notes before I begin. It says, we have absolutely nothing to lose, only to gain. And then the note I put under that is, we're really young right now and we have so much potential. Just take advantage of that now. And the next thing is, anything lost, we can get again, except for time that you waste. So, lost my place already. Okay. Uh, yeah okay oh, sorry last don't let life get the best of you get the best of life and especially in school take advantage of everything every opportunity you have yeah okay so now i'm gonna start and i'm probably not gonna look because i don't want to mess up so i'm gonna like look down and i'm gonna try to make as much on co- eye contact as possible sorry okay so high school once it's all said and done you will have a lot of regrets but also many things to sit back and be proud of as a young kid i wish i would have done that not focused on what i did that wasn't so good but looked at what i did achieve and said wow i'm very proud that i actually done that so my point number one that i want all of you to know is take pride in the good things that you've done as jesus walked the earth he had his group he had 12 disciples to be exact They did everything together, and that doesn't mean that he had never had times that he stepped away. Even Jesus had time alone in the wilderness. When your group goes the wrong way, turn the right way and do your own thing. Growth begins in times that you are alone. God God does his best work when we are alone. So when your group is going left and you're going right, let them walk. All right, so point. Okay, so number two. That point is, don't be afraid to stand alone. 
All right, next is work hard. No one ever got hurt by doing a little extra, pushing a little further, and testing their capability as an individual. Set goals for yourself and work towards them no matter what people say, because the minute you say, I can't, you've already lost. Three, do more than what is required. Step out of your comfort zone. High school doesn't last forever. Be yourself. Have fun with it and make the most of your time. Don't be shy to do things that are scary. It's okay to fail, as long as we get back up. All right, so this is like yesterday what I was thinking. So yesterday I was praying about what I was going to say today, and God wanted me to add this. Think of your walk like baseball. You're up to bat. All, all God wants for you to do is step up to the plate and get ready. Don't worry about the ball or how far you can hit it. All you have to do is step up and take a swing. It doesn't matter if you're a good hitter or you're just straight trash. That, okay, so God wants you to have faith in him and no matter what God calls upon you to do, at least take a swing because in the end, he will give you the power to make it over the fence. Four, step out of your, four is step out of your box. Stay on the path God has for you. Life is way too short to focus on stupid things. I've been there. Trust me, it doesn't lead anywhere fruitful. I'm more happy now than I've ever been. It's because of my 12 disciples or my group of friends that I have in school. Take it wherever you want. Uh, <laughs> improvement never stops, and it's something that you should always work on. All right, so last thing is really random, but it's really, really good, and I listened, it's a speech that I looked up on YouTube, and I listened to it all the time. It literally changed my life, y'all don't even understand. So it was done by a Navy SEAL, and I'm, I'm not even gonna look, because I already know. So. At one part, so one part of the speech, he talks about training and all it, so you have a class in the Navy SEAL training. So each of them in one part, it's a competition. So they put each, each of you in groups and it's all like based on kind of like size, I guess you could say. So it's like a group of the tall guys, the big guys, and then the small guys. And you have to do a series of competition like running, swimming, and paddling. So the guy speaking, he was part of the tall guys. And the other groups are obviously different. So they, all the groups made fun of this particular group of the small guys. And in that group, every single person, the only thing they had the similar was they were small. There was no person under five, over five foot three. And they were all different ethnicities. So they would make fun of them in the swimming events, especially because they had tiny flippers that they would put on to swim. But the thing about this group is they outran, outswam, and outpaddled every single group. And the point of this is to say it doesn't matter the, how, I guess, good you are at a sport or anything like that. It doesn't matter your size or how cool you are. All it is is it matters about your heart. So they were obviously at a disadvantage. Everybody else was bigger than them. But they all worked together, and they got the job done, and they obviously won everything. So the point that he made at the end of that was don't judge, judge a person by the size of their heart, not the size of their flippers. So judge a person by their heart and not their ethnicity. So I just basically ended racism at school. So when you're in, when you're at school, when you have a friend group, usually you pick people that are kind of like you, like, oh, these people are cool. I'm gonna go with the cool people. No, like, Judge a person on how they act, if they're like a cool person, if they're funny or something, like just add them in your group. It's gonna make school way, way better. Now I gotta turn my phone back on and look at my notes. 
Nope, that's it. Okay. I need that. Oh, yeah. Also, if you want to do good in school, take this off and just put it away and study. That, that's freaking Oh, wait. Do I have to announce, like, who's next? Obube. Let's go. Thanks. So, um, my advice for y'all is just like three things that you really need to have to get through high school and life, basically. Um, you'll need community, consistency, and courage. So, <laughs> so um, for community, that's basically the people around you, who you hang out with. And the company that you keep defines you. And you become more and more like the people you're around. So make sure that you surround yourself with like-minded people who can encourage you on your walk with Christ. Like, I made so many friends here at Elevate who constantly like encourage me and send me like Bible verses or worship songs to focus on to uplift me. Because life is crazy. And if you get like stuck in your own world, you forget how like good God is or stuff. So remember to surround yourself with like-minded people. And on the other hand, <laughs> um, at school especially, it might be wise to like distance yourself from non-Christians, not to like not hang out with them, but make sure that you focus on the Christian people in your life in order to get like wisdom and advice. Because 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good morals. So even if you have good intentions, if you're surrounded by people who don't, it's so much easier for them to drag you down than for you to be lifted up with them, for them to be lifted up with you. Um, it's really important that you still stay friends with them and stuff. You can hang out with them. Just make sure you're doing what you're supposed to do. Which leads to my second thing, consistency. It is super duper uber important that you remain consistent in your walk with Christ. Um, always strive to do the right thing, like reading your Bible, praying, um, things that you don't really think about, like not swearing or drinking. Um, just stay consistent in your faith because um, that will always allow you to grow. And the more good things you do, the more good you'll want to do. And it just allows you to perpetuate doing good things. Um, don't think that because no one is watching, you don't have to behave, because that was something I really didn't follow when I was younger, but it is true, because if you start doing it when you think no one's watching, you'll slip up and start doing it when people are watching. It's not that people are watching, you shouldn't be doing it anyway, but it, it, yeah. Um, <laughs> so... A Bible verse for that is Galatians 6, 9. It says, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we don't give up. So if you keep following the word of God, it'll like, help you get to heaven, because that's a party, I promise. Um, and try your hardest not to like be like on fire for Jesus. Yeah, I'm going to read my Bible, worship music all the time, one day, and then the next day just completely forget. Because once you stop, it's so much harder to like get back on track and stuff. 
Okay. And then the third thing is courage. It takes so much courage to be an effective Christian, especially in high school. Um, sometimes you'll have to say no to some friends, like, sorry, I can't go to that party. You said there's going to be alcohol there. Or, sorry, I can't go to this event. I have church. So it takes a lot of courage, and it'll take a lot of change, too. You have to be able to separate, like, what you need to do for Christ and what you want to do with your friends. Um, you need to know that change is okay because you're a new creation once you become a child of God. So yeah, you're different and you're set apart from the rest of the world. But in Romans 1.1, Paul describes um, himself as a servant of Christ Jesus called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. So he defines being an apostle as being set apart and having the goal of spreading the gospel of God. So you will be different from those around you who aren't Christians. Like, that's just a fact you have to accept once you become a Christian. So just accept that and then go forward and spread the gospel, um, which is also another thing you need courage for because a lot of people will just be like, oh, you're Christian, blah, blah, whatever. But you need to just like stand firm in what you believe and like speak out on it, like especially on social media, use that as a platform to say the gospel. But like, don't just always be like, Jesus is so good. And like, I went to church today and so good. And like, <laughs> Bible study, so good. <laughs> Use it as an opportunity to be like, I had these struggles these past few weeks, but then once I was reminded of God's faithfulness, you know, it brought me back up so that you could spread the gospel, not just that Jesus is good. Because Christianity is good, of course, but there's still downfalls just like in life. But Jesus is there to back you up every single time. Um, and it won't be easy, but... Jesus said, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So no matter what you do, no matter where you go, where you are, just have faith that God will back you up, because he will, because he loves you. Amen. Yeah. Uh, next is Evan. My name's up there. Look at it. It's pretty cool. Uh, hello, everyone. Um, I originally uh, chose the scripture as a joke, and then God was like, "Hey, scripture isn't a joke." Um, so I'm gonna, uh, you're gonna talk a lot, which is fine because I like to talk a lot. So God is good. Um, the scripture I will be using is Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God. And we're going to stop right there. So um, this is a thing that Coach Fry did in our class once. And um, all of the students in our class were, were kind of frustrated, honestly, because we didn't understand what the point he was trying to get across. We wanted to move on, see more of the Bible. Some of us thought it was funny. We still joke about it to this day, honestly. And um, 
So, oh man, I'm shaking. I promise I'm not nervous. It's just how my body works. Um, <laughs> but we knew God was in the beginning. And so we were wondering, like, why do we have to spend so much time on this? Uh, but Coach Fry knew why we had to spend so much time on that. And I recently started to figure that out. So have any of you ever bet on anything? Like it didn't have to be a bet with currency where anyone gained anything. Just have you and a friend made a mutual bet that you or the other person was right? Well, you all have. So um, <laughs> have you guys ever heard of a horse race? It is where there's a track and horses run around this track with people on them, and it's a race. And you bet on which horse you think is going to win, and if they win, you get money back. It's not the best way of making money, <laughs> but imagine if someone told you before the race even started which horse was gonna win. You would bet everything you have on that horse, every last penny. You'd give everything you have, even though it's hard, it's really hard to go all in and put all your faith on one thing, but if you do it, the payout's so much better because the way a bet works is you get everything you put in and more. So think about this. In your life right now, you're the person betting and you're the horse. God knows the whole race from the beginning. He knows every time you're going to stumble, every time you're going to fall behind, and every time you're going to take the lead. Ultimately, he knows when you're going to finish. And um, God tells us all we're going to win. So I have one question for you all. Why don't we bet? If we're assured the victory, why don't we bet? Why don't we just trust God? It's often because we're too worried of what might go wrong. Even because we're promised a victory, that doesn't mean we won't stumble, and that scares us. It scares me. We try to take hold of the reins because it's scary to have someone else directing us. We want to be in control of our own lives, and if anybody else is in control of that, we get scared and we back off. So why are we worried at all? Why are we worried about tomorrow? Dom just preached a whole series on it. We aren't promised tomorrow, so why worry about it? We all live our lives in constant fear of what can go wrong, and we never think about what can and has gone right. And I'm not saying I'm not guilty of doing the same things. I worry all the time, but the thing is I'm working on getting better at it. About a week ago, I had a pretty bad day. Um, I got home. And I just like laid down on my car and uh, looked up at the night sky. And there were no stars. I couldn't even see the moon. It was just darkness. Just because I couldn't see the stars, just because I couldn't see the moon, doesn't mean they weren't there. I realized that there's this endless space. There are these beautiful stars, a beautiful sun, a beautiful moon, this beautiful earth, the beautiful country, state, and city we live in, even though people don't like Homa. Um, and there's beautiful people with us. But there's one outlier in that group, and it's that the space, the stars, the sun, the moon, even this earth, this not going anywhere, but friends and the people that we associate with will. And um, there's this parable, and you guys have probably heard it before, but you haven't heard it told like this. I'm going to change it up a little bit. So imagine you're in the desert with your squad, right? You got people to the left of you, you got people to the right of you. And you decide to make a journey. It's going to take a couple of years, but you decide to go anyway. So you start to walk, you look to your left, you look to your right, you see all these people that you know and love, and you see their footprints behind them. Years later, you finish your journey, you get to your destination, and you look back. And you realize that the footprints didn't stay constant the whole way through. At some point, footprints came in, at some point, footprints left, never to be seen again. 
At some point, when things got really, really hard, all the footprints left and waited until things got easy to come back again. And you realize that at some points, there was only one set of footprints. And that's weird, because God's part of our squad, right? So at minimum, there should always be two sets of footprints. So you go to God and you ask him, why did you leave me in my time of need? And um, he says, that's exactly the opposite of what happened. In your time of need, I picked you up and I carried you. And that's why there was only one set of footprints, because that was me. And that got me thinking that along our journey, there are only two things that are constant, us and God. So why are we worried so much about the other footprints? I'm not saying you should neglect your squad because we're called to be there for other people in need. But sometimes we worry about others so much that we forget about ourselves and it's just not healthy. We want to love others and we want to be loved, but it's hard for people to want to be with you when you don't want to be around yourself. So you need to make sure you work on yourself to be a good person who loves life and who loves to have fun. And so then pe when people hang around you, they leave feeling satisfied and not feeling like you broke them down. I know from being a negative person for most of my life, I've lost friends because of it. And a lot of this is letting God work in you, letting God show you what's right and wrong and not putting your joy in the things of the world, but putting your joy in God and God alone. So if there's anything I wish I knew coming into this, it'd be that I'm important. And at this stage in my life, God and I take top priority. It isn't worth worrying about tomorrow because it's not promised. Why look at all the bad things when there's so much good? Be happy with the life you have and grateful for the things you have rather than wishing for more. Live your own beautiful life. Thank you. Uh, next up is the legendary Madeline Carlos. I'm gonna sit. So um, my name is Madeline Carlos. I just graduated from Homo Christian. So um, some things that I really think that, some things I wish that I would have known. Um, I have two points, and most of them are just based off of trust. Um, the first one is just depending on God. Um, in the very beginning of my life, like I guess my high school years, um, I didn't really trust God at all. I was just kind of trying to do things on my own. And the other day I was reading. And I started reading about whenever God, whenever Jesus first picked the 12 disciples. And so normally like we pass by that story, we kind of just look at it and start reading the miracles and the parables that he tells. But it's because we see it from, from the beginning to the end. And I feel like if we were in the situation of the disciples, it'd be totally different. Because, I mean, God just went to normal people just like us, a tax collector, a thief, um, a fisherman. And what he did was he just asked him to follow him. And they just had to take a step of faith. They just took a leap and they just went with him and dropped their whole lives. And that was really impactful to me because, you know, there's some times in my life where I feel like I can do it on my own. And then I keep doing it and I keep digging myself deeper in this deeper, deeper until I hit rock bottom. And then once I hit rock bottom, who's the one person you always go to? And it's Jesus. And through my earlier years of life, I always did that. I felt like I could do it on my own. I felt like I really didn't need Jesus that much. Didn't really need like any really Christian friends, just kind of wanted to be me. And then through it all, I realized the person I kept going to was Jesus. And every time he gave me grace and every time he gave me love and every single time that I was down or 
just wanted a friend. He was there and he provided joy, he provided love, he provided grace. So one thing that is so just important, every time that I would have a situation that, um, as I look back, I guess, each situation, God was there. And I trusted him whenever I was kind of like good on the Christian path. I would always trust him, trust him, trust him. And whenever I wasn't on the path, I wouldn't trust him. But each time he was there for me. And so I think just depending on him, I wish that I would have done that through my whole high school years. The last two years um, was like, I guess like the best in my Christian walk with God. But the years before that, I really wish I would have done that. But the scripture is Psalms 46, one through three, God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. And this is just saying that God is always there. Depending on him is the most important thing because he's the one thing that keeps us going throughout our whole life. The second point that I have is obeying him even when it's rough. Um, there's a story in Genesis and it's whenever God calls Abraham to go to the land of Canaan. And he pretty much just has to drop all of his life and just follow God and his voice and his direction. And it's crazy to me that he did that because like he just left his normal, comfortable, everyday life. And we need to do that as well. We need to like, get out of our shells and do the things that God has called us to do. And um, it reminds me of the songs Oceans, the bridge where it says, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you will call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And I feel like whenever I was growing up, I would sing this so loud. And I'd be crying in my seat. I feel like everybody does that for oceans. <laughs> and then after, I would like leave the room and I'd go back to my normal life. But that's the most important thing is going out and doing what God has called us to do. He's made each of you individually and unique. And you are part of the kingdom of God. And he has called you to be and do something for him. And together, we all create um, this environment, we just glorify God and we're supposed to go out and tell people about Jesus because most people don't know about Jesus. People in your school don't know about Jesus. And that's the one thing that we need to do and let, we have to be comfortable with it. We have to let God take the things that, you know, we want to keep to ourselves and we have to let him take it from us so he can use it to glorify him. And the last thing, I didn't write any of this down, but um, as I was worshiping, I just saw like my friends worshiping too. And um, I just like started bawling crying because it's crazy how much God takes you and he just helps you grow throughout the, all of your years. And um, Victoria, there we can be crying. Um, being a unity, a unit and just having community is so important. In the beginning, I didn't have any friends really. Um, I'd come to Elevate and I didn't really know anybody. I knew by people in the beginning of the years and then a new youth pastor came in and I just kind of like lost all my friends. And so I was so like scared to come to church. And then I was trying to do things on my own, like I said. And then once I finally let God come in, like he truly brings the best people in your lives. And I think that's like the hardest thing for me. Like I cried every day for graduate before graduation because I didn't want to leave my friends, but I was just worshiping and I saw my friends just worshiping too. And like we all grow together. Each one of us, we spend life together and we just learn. And it's so pure. Like we all want to learn about God and, you know, glorify him. So the best thing about being a Christian and thing that you should know is to create friends who love Jesus and also hang out with those who don't know Jesus because they can come in as well. But make sure you have that good group of friends that is always there for you and that never leaves you and helps you glorify God and helps you grow. That's all. And next is Bailey Rope Show. Hey guys.
All right, so I have four points. I'm going to try to make it as quick as possible because I don't want to be up here. Um, actually, I'm just really nervous. So first one is pray. Um, during my junior high year and, you know, mostly throughout my high school year, prayer was not something that I thought was um, really important in my life and important with my walk with God. Um, but in Philippians 4, 6, Um, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So God is a relational God, and we all know that. You know, he loves relation, and he loves relationship with us. And so prayer is a way for us to have relationship with God and to have communication with God. And so throughout our lives, we're called to pray and talk with God. And so that's why we pray. And it says in the Bible to pray without ceasing. So in all time, you know, in anything that you're going through, make prayer your first response. Um, it's something that I've definitely struggled with and still continue to struggle with. Because um, as human beings, we don't like going to other people. We don't, we don't like getting other people to deal with our situations. But what God wants to do is to lay down our situation to him and let him deal with that for us. Um, my second point is, don't worry. So it's kind of like confusing because like everybody worries about everything. Like life sucks. And you worry about life because it just sucks. But it's okay because God tells us not to worry because he has us in his hands. And in the deepest and hardest times of our life, it may not, when it's so dark and you know you, you can't see anything and you're blind, God has you in his hand. He's holding you right there at all times. And I have a scripture on this, sort of. Um, in Matthew 6, 34, it says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And so what this is saying is that why worry about tomorrow when we're not even promised tomorrow? Why, why not worry about the problems you have today when in reality, you can't even deal with the problems that you're having today because God's dealing with them. So don't worry about the future. I mean, worry about the future because like the future's great now, but don't worry about it because God's got it. All right. um, my last, nope, my third point, so my last one, is to serve. So I didn't get on the serve team at Elevate until say 11th grade year. Um, and that's probably the only regret I have and life is not starting to serve God's people before um, and sooner. You know, God sent down his son Jesus in all of his majesty and beauty as a king. And he was a king, king of all. And so he stripped down his crown, um, his robes, his, his beauty, and everything that he encompasses. And he came down and died on the cross and served us and served everyone on this world and paid the ultimate price for us. And so that's what we should do. And I have a verse in First Peter 4, 10 through 11. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen.
And so God has given each of you your very own unique gift. He's, he's formed you and made you to be the very person that you're meant to be throughout your entire life. And he's placed these special things that nobody else has and that nobody else is capable of even encompassing that he's placed inside of you to go and spread his glory. And so throughout your life, you're going to realize and notice the things that God has given you and blessed you with. And so instead of being, I mean, like selfish about it and just being like, oh yeah, like I'm really good at talking in front of people. So like, I'm just going to talk in front of people and not spread God's word with it. Um, oh, I'm really good at dancing. So I'm just going to dance and not spread God's, I don't know. Anyway, just use your gift to spread God's word. That's the gist of the story. Um, last point that I have written down is be wise. So like everybody wants to be wise, like, you know, be smart, but we're not very smart people. Um, and God calls us to be wise. It actually talks about it in Proverbs. Um, listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. And so I know as kids, something we love to do is to respect our parents and to listen to them and to, um, you know, follow what they tell us. But no, that's not real. Um, it's what you should do, but, you know, it's hard. Um, anyway, it also talks in Proverbs, it says, a wise, you're not a wise person, and you're actually, because you look basically like a dumb person, if you don't listen to other wise people, which wise people are elderly people, <laughs> parents. Um, so, in being saying, in, in saying this, listen to your parents. You know, this is something that I wish I would have done a long time ago because it would have saved me a lot of trouble and heartache and a lot of other stuff. Um, punishment. Anyway, just obey your parents and, you know, just love them and have a relationship with them. And so I have another point. When I was kind of talking to my mom on the way here, um, she kind of told me about this. And I was like, mm, that's a good point. I wasn't going to say it, but she's a wise person. I'm listening to her, and I love her. So, um, she, And it's a really good point. She brought it up to me. But, you know, as we're in this new age of where technology is just rising and growing and everything's changing, and social media is a big part of everyday life as, you know, a teenager. And there's nothing wrong with social media. Like, it's great. It's a great tool to use to spread God's word into... Um, be used for God and you know you can send you post pictures of memory verses and like your like your Bible study and stuff like that and like you know encouraging things but then it's also a very dark place um, a lot of people use it for not things that are giving glory to God and it also is very time consuming you know you get home from school probably sleep and then you're like, oh, let me just look at Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat for like three hours. And then it's nine o'clock. You got to eat dinner. It's 11. And then you're like, oh, wait, I'm just not going to do my schoolwork. Then you fail. Then you regret life. And then you're just like, wow, maybe I should have just thrown my phone away or something like that. But like, we wouldn't know that because only our parents know that. And they tell us that, but we just don't listen. So anyway, just don't let this consume your life. Um, 
be wise and do your schoolwork. And um, I love all of y'all. Thank you for allowing me to come up here and do this. Now introducing the one and only Abby. Woo! Hey guys. Okay. So I spent the last week after Dom asked me to speak about what I wish I would have known. I kind of ranked all the things that I wish I would have known. And the one thing that stuck out to me for a really long time throughout that week was that I wish I would have known that the Bible is there for you to open. Like it's not just there to sit on your shelf. And I wish I would have known that because mine did for a really long time. Um, and so once I finally opened it, once I finally realized how amazing God's word is, I started diving in and I started, you know, finding these verses that I could use in my life, you know, with the struggles that I was going through and with the things that I battled with, I found scripture that just spoke to me and that I could just recite to myself. And it just reminded me of how amazing God is and who God is, you know, he's awesome and his word reminds us of who he is so um the scriptures i have two that i'm gonna say to you i have a lot more that i use all the time but the two of them that i love matthew 6 28 through 34 it says and why do you worry about clothes see how the flowers of the field grow they do not labor or spin yet i tell you that not even solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these if that is how if that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire will he not much more clothe you you of little faith so do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you will need them but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So I struggled a lot with worrying about my future, like a lot. I planned out my entire future, and when it didn't go the way I planned it, I planned it again. Um, so this scripture, when I found this one, um, a pastor read it, and then I started reading it myself, and I started realizing what it meant. It helped so much with my anxiety. You know, it reminds me that all I need to worry about is spreading God's word. All I need to worry about is who I'm gonna touch next with the light of Jesus. God's gonna clothe me, God's gonna put, give me strength to make it through and he's gonna light my path and he's gonna take care of me through everything. All I have to do is give people the joy of God that I know that I have. Um, and my second verse is 1 Corinthians 13, four through eight. This one, I love this one. It's love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So this one, really spoke to me because I I tried the worldly love for a really long time. And the love that the world gives out so rudely is twisted. And it's 
it's crazy and it's confusing. And a lot of times it can leave us feeling like we're not loved at all. It can leave us feeling like no one is here for us. But the love that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians, it's a love that God gives to us. It's the love that Christ gave to us on the cross. And it's a love that will never leave you. And it will never twist on you and it will never, you know, come out from underneath your feet. It's the foundation, like in the song, I can't remember which one, but I think it was the second one that we just sang. Love, it's his, it's our firm foundation, you know, it's never going to let us go and it's going to be poured onto us every day. He's, God is never going to run out of it. So I really, really advise you to go read your Bible Dom says 30 minutes. Um, that's what we did at camp. And 30 minutes is really great. To just sit with God for a quiet 30 minutes and not worry about the world is amazing. But I understand if 30 minutes is a lot. I, I mean, I get it. High school is crazy and homework is crazy. And then you've got the extracurriculars. Um, so 10, 15 minutes. It's it's amazing what 10 and 15 minutes every day in God's word can do for you. You know, it's amazing the scriptures that God will give you when you don't know which scripture to look at. He's going to tell you which ones to look at because he knows exactly what you need. Um, so, yeah, it's so amazing what his scripture can do. I know that I'm so much more peaceful and I'm so much more loving and I'm so much more open and trusting in God. And I think you guys will be, too. Thanks. Oh, and here's Dom. Grads and underclassmen, if you did not pick up some wisdom from the things that were said tonight, then maybe you are the fool that Bailey was talking about. <laughs> Hang on to some of this stuff, because these are people that were in your seats. I would be amiss if I didn't throw something out there as well. Lions hunt in trios. A herd of wildebeest can trample a lion any day. A lion has no chance against a herd. Hopeless. No matter how mean or angry or violent or how sharp its claws or teeth is, that lion is hopeless against a herd. So lions don't hunt that way. They don't attack aggressively like that. What they'll do is they'll put two on the outside and they'll get in a big triangle and then one will roar at the top of its lungs so that the whole herd will be scared and begin to run. And then it's those two or three that begin to scatter from the herd then the outward posts take down. Grads, if you walk away from Elevate and you walk away from a body of Christ that you are part of week in and week out, you are the scattered herd. And the enemy is a roaring lion seeking who we can devour. Grads, do not walk away from a youth ministry and then walk away from a body of believers. You find a place to plug in, a young adult group, a church, a Christian club, something that on a regular basis is pouring into you, someplace that on a regular basis you're surrounded by other people that are having the same struggles, the same challenges, and you can sharpen each other. Do not be lion food because I promise you, when you walk out of here into a world that is anti-Christ, you that have scattered will go down. There is nobody that is an island to themselves. You need community. We are the kingdom of God. When one hurts, we all hurt. When one thrives, we all thrive. 
the body cannot function when it's missing parts. It can't function 100% when it's missing an eye or a leg or a limb. And when you step out, you're disconnected from the body. You're the limb without the rest of the body. And you know what? The body is without you. Get plugged in somewhere. And secondly, love. Love Jesus. Love people. You know what? People are dealing with all sorts of sins or challenges or whatever, but you know what? God cares about their heart first. And so you love people. You love them into wondering why on earth you could love them so much. And then you can share Jesus because it's Jesus that's been shared all along. And then whenever they say yes to Jesus, he'll start working through his spirit of holiness and dealing with some of that sin stuff and getting their life together. It's not our place to get their life together. It's our place to love them to pieces. Love. Love God, love people, love yourselves. I'd like to invite, we're going to have all the grads come. If you all come, just sit on the stage and face outwards. And leaders, would you all come up on the stage? We're going to pray for you guys. You guys are going to be sent. We have some space down here. Any other grads? We're going to pray over them. Several of them are going to be coming back to serve right here as leaders for the students that are coming up. That's powerful. And then many of them are going to be going into different colleges, different universities. Uh, I'm excited to see what God does. And so we're going to pray over them. We're going to pray that God's anointing is on them. Uh, it'll be myself. I would like their e-group leaders, Aaron and Kaylee, to also pray. And then uh, a couple other representatives, Taylor and Kayo, we're going to pray for them. And uh, they're going to be sent in Jesus' name. So if you always just lay your hands on them, whoever's closest to you, make sure everybody's got at least one or two. You're getting a knee, Evan. Who's got a boobie down there? Excellent. Heavenly Father, come, fill their lives. Holy Spirit, overwhelm them with your love and your presence. Let them begin to find friends and community that lift them up, that pull them towards you, that they can be a part of, that they pull others towards you. Anoint them that whenever they speak, they speak with love. Anoint them that wherever they go is ground that's taken for you. Help them to be light wherever they are. Let them start bonfires for your kingdom in Jesus' name. I pray that you impart wisdom into them way beyond their years. Lord, let them be fearless. Let them be strong and courageous not backing down from challenges. Help them to be out of their comfort zones on a regular basis. Lord, I pray that every time they fail, it's not a failure because they get up again. They are blessed when they fall seven times and get up every time. Let every failure drive them closer to where you have for them to be. Thank you, Lord, for every opportunity to carry them. Lord, in the seasons of good and the seasons of bad, let them know that you're near. 
Let them not have an on-again, off-again relationship with you, but I pray that in every season they cling to you, they find your hope in you, and they passionately thirst for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear God, we love you so much. I, I just want to ask everyone to stretch out your hands to all, all these grads. God, in Jesus' name, God, we pray you're anointing your grace, your fire. God, we pray that your angels will go before them. God, in Jesus' name, we pray that every college they will walk into, God, that every workplace that they will walk into, God, that everywhere they go, your presence will go with them. God, your grace will go with them. God, in Jesus' name, anoint their words and anoint their mind. God, in Jesus' name, God, they are walking out of here, God, as soldiers of Jesus. God, I pray that in Jesus' name, every person that meet them, every person that encounters them, they will encounter with Jesus because your glory, your life, your love is inside their hearts. God, in Jesus name, God, we pray you're anointing God over their lives. God, in Jesus name, they will be God, the best students. They will be God, the best workers because they will glorify you and they will love you in everything they do. God, they will work as working unto you. God, they will study God for your glory. God, in Jesus' name, God, I pray your hedge of protection around them. God, in Jesus' name, God, we, God, we command the enemy to stay away from their lives. God, in Jesus' name, I pray that you give them wisdom and fear in their hearts, God, that they will not, they will not fall into temptation. God, that in Jesus' name, God, they will keep growing strong in your presence, the fear of the Lord. God, in Jesus' name, God, I pray you're firing their lives. In Jesus' name, God, every word they say may, may, may be words of blessing, words that will, that will build other people. God, words of love and words of grace. God, in Jesus' name, God. God, we also pray, God, for every student who are here today who, who haven't graduated yet. God, I pray you're anointed in your grace. They will walk with them and they will walk with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we just, we just thank you for tonight, Father. We just thank you just for the celebration of these seniors, Lord, who are going to be going on to the next season, God, going to the next chapter in their lives, Father. Lord, I pray that as they go forth, Lord, wherever they're going, God, I pray that they wouldn't conform to where they're going, God, but they that they would start something new, God, that they would change the cultures that are around them, God, that they would start something, Lord, God, that they wouldn't just mesh in and blend in and camouflage, Lord, but that they would stand out, God, and that they would stand out because of your light, God, your anointing and your calling in them. Father, I pray that in the times that they doubt, the times that they question, the times that um, they just don't know what they're going to do, Lord, I pray that that they would just have faith, God, that they would just remain faith, that they would know that you are faithful from beginning to the end, Father, and in the hard times, Lord, I pray that they stick it out even, even more, God, that they would dig into your word, God, that they would spend time in your presence, Lord, when they feel like they don't want to, or it's boring, or whatever, Lord, I pray that that's when they would push in, that that's when they would press into your word, and and to, um, just to lean into your voice, God, Lord, I just thank you so much for each of them, God, and all of the, the leadership that they have had here, Lord, and um, just the amazing examples that each of them have set, Father. 
I thank you so much for the season that they were here, the time that they have grown, the time that they have learned who they are, God, and just seen who they've become in you, Father. And I pray that as that journey continues, Lord, that they would know that you have called them, Lord, that they are called and that they have a calling and that they are important and that they are loved and valued um, and through your eyes, Father. Lord, I just pray for any distraction that will come up, Father. I pray that they would have the strength and that they would have um, the self-control to know what is right and what is wrong, Lord, that they would do what is right and not what is wrong, Father. Lord, I just pray for clarity over them, for peace over them, um, for endless amount of joy, um, and that your love would just shower on them, Lord. I thank you so much for each of them and um, everything that they've done, God, and um, that they're that their futures would just be so bright, Lord. And thank you so much um, for what you're, what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, Amen. God, I just want to say that I'm so thankful for these kids right now, Heavenly Father, for these boys and girls, that they're just natural-born leaders of Heavenly Father and Lord, and that this transition to college and wherever they go, that this is a new beginning, O oh Heavenly Father, Lord, that they will connect with their friends and their new friends to come to cut, to come together and that this fire that's burning them right now, that it will affect other hearts to burn, Lord. And God, I hope that you just watch over them, O oh Heavenly Father, God, that everything that you place for them their goals and everything, that it is set straight and narrow for them, O oh Heavenly Father God, to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear God, I thank you so much for bringing each of these lives here. God, I thank you for what you have done in their lives so far. I thank you for what you will do. God, um, I thank you for the parents that encouraged them to come and the friends that encouraged them to come. God, I pray that their lives will be will glorify your kingdom and your kingdom only. God, I pray that they will help lead somehow in your kingdom. God, I on each of these lives, your anointing is with them. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Go in peace. Lord, bless this week. Bless every man and woman in here, and I pray that they will cling to wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Love you guys. Have a great night.